Welcome back again. This week our daily devotionals are looking at the Songs of Ascents, a collection of psalms within the wider collection of 150 psalms. The Songs of Ascent are pilgrim songs for singing and praying on the way to the temple. They have also been sung by the priests and the Levites as they ascended the steps up into the temple in preparation for their liturgical service. But whatever their exact setting, they they serve as a preparation for meeting and celebrating with God at one of Israel's great festivals. You see, worshipping at the Jerusalem temple was not just a matter of turning up to the temple. The, the journey up to the temple from wherever you lived in Israel, near or far, was all part of the event. The songs of ascents, Psalms 123-134, are spiritual preparation and formation for God's faithful people, for pilgrims, and they still serve the Christian disciple well for the very same purpose. Now, scholars have identified various patterns within the group of Psalms, which together with their title suggests that at very least we should read these together, not in isolation. They are carefully ordered as a sequence to be prayed through. They move us forward towards worshipping and enjoying fellowship with God. In yesterday's devotion, in Psalm 120, we notice that the journey towards God begins with a sense of dissatisfaction. We are right to become uncomfortable among the unbelieving world. We lament dishonesty and mistrust. We mourn our culture and our community that is disinterested in God, or perhaps even passionately against God. And, it, and it's that dissatisfaction that propels our pilgrimage to God. And so... Having set out on our pilgrimage toward the temple to meet with God, Psalm 121 seems very much about the travelling. So as we read this psalm, let's try to imagine ourselves as a humble pilgrim journeying from afar to worship our great God. A song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. So the psalmist begins his journey by looking up at the mountains and wondering where might his help come from. However, it's not immediately clear what the psalmist is thinking when he looks up at the mountains. How many times have you looked up? at some awe-inspiring mountain peaks, a range of wild mountains, and you've been filled with wonder. There's the Blue Mountains, west of Sydney. There's the Snowy Mountains, southwest of Sydney and Canberra. Beautiful. And then there's the real mountains, like, you know, the Rocky Mountains, the Andes and the Himalayas. It doesn't really matter which mountains you're thinking about. When we look up at the grandeur of the mountains, we feel small. And yet we rejoice because we know the creator of those mountains. We know that for all the strength and majesty of the mountains, the living God is infinitely stronger and more majestic. And so the pilgrim would be comforted knowing 
that this God is also able to protect and to keep them on their journey. Now, certainly this reading of the Psalms suits our contemporary vision of the mountains. And yet for the ancient Israelite, the mountains very often had a different connotation. There are at least two other ways that an ancient Jewish pilgrim might first understand looking to the hills or looking to the mountains. First of all, looking to hills or mountains would be associated with idol worship for the Jews returning to their promised land. For the centuries leading up to the exile, the hills were the places for idol worship, shrines and religious prostitution. These were called the high places. So in Deuteronomy 12, destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills and under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods, break down their altars, smash their sacred stones and burn their Asherah poles in the fire, cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from those places. So they were the instructions from Moses on entering the promised land. The mountains were associated with the worship of the Canaanite fertility gods, Baal, Molech and Asherah. This pagan worship remained a problem even during the days of Solomon and his successors. So in 1 Kings 14, they also set up for themselves high places, sacred stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every spreading tree. So the pilgrim looking up at them hills and mountains might say, no, my help does not come from the gods who are worshipped there. That's a false hope. No, my help comes from the Lord whom I am going to worship at Mount Zion. So the psalm continues to elaborate on the hope and the security provided by the living God. Well, there's yet another way which this looking up to the mountains might be understood. Given this pilgrim context where the righteous have left behind their hometown in Psalm 120 and are now setting out on the road, perhaps it's an anxious gaze at the hills along the way which shelter both bandits and wild animals. Travelling always involves some kind of danger and there are many potential threats up there on the hills. Who knows what dangers are there? Who knows what might happen to this lonely pilgrim on their way to Jerusalem? And so verses 2 through 8 provide a confident response of trust in God despite the dangers of robbers and wild animals concealed in the mountains. Now whatever those three it is, the theme of the psalm is declared in verse 2 in response to the question of verse 1. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The pilgrim's assurance of God's help and protection is then elaborated in verses 3 through 8. Look at all the verbs describing the actions of God. He who watches over you. He who watches over Israel. The Lord watches over you. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over you. And finally, in verse 8, the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and evermore. God is entirely aware of his pilgrim and will never allow danger to overwhelm them. God's knowledge of his children is complete and unceasing twice for good measure. The psalmist declares that God does not nod off on the job. His attention is given to the one who has set themselves to seek after and worship him. If we've set our hearts on worshipping God, we should also know that the living God watches over us for our protection. We're absolutely in his care today, right now. In this strange season of pandemic and social isolation, when 
all our favorite bits of church life are either taken away from us completely or, or changed radically. When all of the structures that we subconsciously depend upon, even though we know that they're not the main game. In the midst of this anxious time, we know that the Lord will keep us. Our foot will not slip. It will be our protection from the harsh midday sun or from the dangers of the night or in every part of life now and forever. In fact, God frees us from the worry of these concerns so that we can be pilgrims, so that we can journey toward him, so that we can worship without anxiety. At the end of this devotional, before we all quickly move off into the next thing in our day, I want to invite us to read back over Psalm 121 for a few moments so that we are filled with its comfort and so that we are changed by the assurance it brings. Maybe you could read it aloud a few times. Maybe write it out by hand in your journal and then pray it all back to God. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth.